Open the pod bay doors, please, pal. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Look at the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> a movie odyssey with Brad Patella and Gus Trapper. All right. I'm, I'm overthinking. All right, yeah, maybe, welcome. Um, wait, okay, you go ahead. You go. <laughs> All right, welcome to our podcast. It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> this is good stuff. Here we go. We're going, <laughs> we're going for real now. Check one, two, check one, two. Hey gang, welcome. Uh, it's Brad Patello here, my good friend Gus Trouth. We are discussing the 1989 film Roadhouse today. Um, so, uh, you want to let's do a couple brief introductions. This is our first episode. Uh, my name is Brad Patello. I'm an animator. I've worked on some stuff, and I teach at Edinburgh University. So, and I love movies. So, I don't know. I might cut this out, but you want to briefly tell us who you are? Yeah, I like this. Uh, I'm Gus Trouth. Um, I went to Edinburgh. Brad was my professor and became my friend. And uh, I'm also an animator. And I also love movies. Awesome. And I have also done some stuff. It's two animators who like movies. So, yeah. Um, I might like movies, live action movies, more than I like animated movies. Yeah, Roadhouse, 1989. Uh, Patrick Swayze. Overall impressions, uh, Gus. Do you want to? This is this was this is your pick. So do you yeah. want to tell us about your relationship with the movie? Sure. I mean, this is one of those movies I've probably seen a thousand times just growing up on USA or TNT or Spike or AMC or whatever it was on FX. It's so rewatchable. This is my little thing I, I wrote down here. Well-paced, well-crafted, rewatchable as hell, and a trash masterpiece. It yeah, it rides the line of being kind of a good movie, but also it's, it's complete trash. Yeah, it's right. It's, great. It's, it's definitely a camp classic. It's like, I, I have the same kind of thing with it. Like, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Like I would just catch catch it when it was on TV. I think prior to like sitting down and watching it for this podcast, I had seen it all the way through, like maybe only once or twice. And I it was probably the edited for TV version because I don't remember it being so booby. There's there's a lot of boobs, <laughs> yes, lots of boobs. And there, hey, there's you also see Patrick Swayze's ass, and you see Sam Elliott's bush. Yeah, you got Samuel oh, yeah. Bush. Yeah, that's right. When he shows him his yeah. scar. Yeah. There's a scene too at the end where he's a hairy dude. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Swayze dives into like the river at the end. And I think he's I think he's oh, like, he is 100% nude. I think we get full frontal. It's hard to see it, but now question, Brad. Did you pause it to see if he is truly nude? I didn't. Because it cats out of the bag for me, the answer is yes. You, you, okay. We have confirmation. Are we sure it wasn't a body double? 
because it was like a uh, really he, wide. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, he has a run. He has a, his physique. That's a hard. His hair. You're saying well, something. What about... I was saying is that one. I pop. I paused the movie. Okay. I was like, "Is can you straight up see Patrick Swayze fully nude?" Yeah. At the very end of Roadhouse, but uh, one, I don't think it's a stunt double or a, a, okay. a dong double, if you will. Uh, and the blind singer is yeah. on a pit. They have him. They're hanging out with the blind singer. They're like, he can't see us. Let's get naked and make out in the disgusting pond that the night before I <laughs> fucking killed a dude. Yeah. Ripped his throat out, threw him in the water. <laughs> Talk about convenience on like. Was uh, Jeff Healy in that location. scene? Was he in that scene? Jeff Healy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that. I was too he's busy. A city, he's si- <laughs> I was too busy looking at Patrick Swayze's dick. Mm-hmm. So he's just hanging out with him at the end yeah he's just sitting they like had him sit down on a picnic blanket and he's chilling and they're (laughs) they're swimming and they're both nude clearly oh yeah so yeah we get a lot of nudity um in the uncut version um patrick swayze butt we get um kelly lynch butt every woman in the movie i think is sam elliott bush yeah sam elliott bush this is definitely a camp classic. It's hyper masculine camp. It's so there's so much testosterone in this movie. There's all like men puffing their chests out. A lot of like and the eighties, like the beginning of the movie is a a Ferrari, a red Ferrari, pulling up and parking. And oh, it yeah. follows this girl out. And that's whenever it says, that's when the title comes up on screen, Roadhouse. That's right. Right over this girl's ass. <laughs> and just like the 80s excess of like that whole beginning scene, which like, I get it. They're trying to show like Dalton has made this bar super profitable and stuff. And people are throwing money down. And one of the first lines I wrote down was, how about some gold plastic? That he throws his MasterCard down or whatever. There's a lot of good lines in this. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of, like, just just really weird. People say really quirky things. I wrote, there's a bunch of, like, especially the scene with uh, where he first meets Kelly Lynch. That whole sequence in the, where he goes to get stitched up. Yeah. Kelly Lynch puts staples in him. That whole conversation is just so quotable. <laughs> I wrote most of it down. I guess we'll talk about under script. Um, Let's hear some. Well, um, oh, sure. Yeah. Same um, for categories. Yeah. We have categories we're going to go through. Hopefully. I don't know how, how much we're going to stick to it, but he said, she says, I'll give you a local. No, thank you. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. That's his line. Does, don't you think he's about to say another line after that though? It sounds but, like he's about to like, that's half the script. And then he like screwed up and they're like, screw it. It sounds good. Let's go. We're just going to leave that take. That wasn't what was written, but do you always carry now, your me- uh, medical records around with you? It saves time. Cause he goes, he goes to get <laughs> stitched up and he's got his folder there, his medical folder that he gives her. And she like starts yeah. going through it. Oh, you've got two bullet wounds and so-and-so broken ribs. And she oh, goes, he also went to NYU. Yeah. <laughs> 
He has a degree in philosophy from NYU. Real quick, I was watching some, I was seeing if I couldn't find any behind the scenes stuff on YouTube. Yeah. And I saw an interview with Patrick Swayze. And one of the things that grabbed him about this movie was that it was, he, it was like a beat him up. He was a bouncer philosopher. Yeah. And I was like, and then, but, but I've seen this movie a billion times. Never did I ever think, oh yeah, it's that movie where Patrick Swayze is a bouncer and a philosopher. You know what I mean? You don't really get the philosophy. But, it's just like he says it once. Like he, he says a few things that are kind of philosophical, but that's just part do you of remember his... his three rules. Oh yeah. It was uh, did you write uh, those down? <laughs> I didn't I'm sure you did. Do you write what are his three? I, it was be nice was one of them. And he goes off that's, on that. That's one. number three. Okay. And then it was uh yeah, it's uh number take one it outside. Yeah, that's number two. That's number two Pretty is take good. it outside. All right. And then, and then one it? is never underestimate your opponent. Okay. Those are good rules. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how philosophical that is, but <laughs> all right. Cultural context and legacy is one of our categories. This came out in 1989. It did really badly. It, it was nominated for four Razzies or five, I think. Did you see that? Like worse? No, I didn't see that. Worst script. Um, worst direction, Rowdy Harrington. Only a guy named Rowdy could direct this, by the way. <laughs> uh, worst actor, Patrick Swayze. What? Worst, worst supporting actor, Ben Gazzara. It didn't win any, but it did really bad at the box office. It bombed, but then it found like a cult following later. And it is, it's like great background fodder. It's, it's it's enjoyable to watch it's and i honest like i think that it the two things that make it shine are the people behind the camera it's the, the cinematographer. cinematographer and the editor you should see you his filmography is insane I'll, well when we get there i'll i'll we'll talk about it but it's well like dean every, movie, too. every action movie yeah dean cundy is the the man yeah. you know he shot like you said, he shot all of the John Carpenter stuff, all three Back to the Futures, a bunch of Spielberg stuff, including Jurassic Park. He's got a pretty impressive resume. Roger too. Rabbit. Yeah, Roger Rabbit. That's another one. The, the lighting in this, you're right, yeah, this movie looks really good. The lighting is really good. And just like the wide, uh, the wide angle lenses for most of it. And just it just has like a feeling, like the craftsmanship behind it is like people are still trying to make this movie like i know it's a shitty movie but like there is something that people love about this movie and it's it's one of those movies that like you just i don't know it's it's uh well it's, it's, it's kind not, of up on a pedestal i think of like trash awesomeness yeah it's good bad it's not a good movie in the traditional sense like mm -mm. But it's it's so much fun to watch because it's so campy, and it's it's sort of a period piece almost. Capture this moment in culture, the late '80s, so beautifully, you know. Right, almost all... breaking. Yeah, yeah. It made me think that like going to a bar, I was gonna get my fucking ass whooped instantly. My son says, "Why are there so many fights going on?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> his first. The a few random things I wrote down were like, what was the budget for uh, fake breakaway bottles? <laughs> yeah, sugar glass. Like, yeah. Uh, there's a great little moment where Patrick at the beginning when he gets to the double deuce for the first time and it's a shithole and a fight breaks out and Patrick kind of like whips his head away and dodges a, a bottle oh, yeah. real quick. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's great. There's these little moments throughout the whole movie that like kind of push it beyond like being a complete piece of shit. Like the worst parts of this movie are like the fact that they probably have a bunch of stuntmen acting as all the bar go- goers that get in fights. So yeah, they're they, like, they did. Hey, you got 20 bucks? Come over and touch my girl's boobs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that scene. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's like horrible in like every way. Those, by the way, that couple that we see at the beginning are credited as, did you see this in the credits? Um, Sharing husband mm-hmm. and well-endowed wife. That's how, <laughs> that's what they're credited as. Love it. On IMDb, that's what it says about them. Neither yeah, of them be a Razzie. Neither of them have pictures on their IMDb's either. But yeah, it was badly reviewed at first. Uh, I think actually Roger Ebert said when he reviewed it, said a lot of the same same things that we're seeing we're saying now. It's not good but it's fun there is there's a level of charm to it that like breaks through it's it's i just feel like movies these days are either like unwatchable unbelievably mediocre or good you know or or, okay what you know what i mean there's there's no in between this movie is like charming and fun and cool and like and rememberable you and like all the characters you remember the characters i remember red i remember oh yeah like all the henchmen i might not know their names but like i can picture them in my head we gotta talk about that yeah that's good like all the (laughs) like there's that fat henchman with the red that i actually wanted to bring him up uh (laughs) this is gonna be super nerdy but if you you've heard of tekken right it's a fighting game yeah playstation yeah arcade game in the er, the newer tekkens like tekken 7 and on there's a character called bob and he's like very elegant and badass but he's also super overweight and he has red suspenders on and a red button-up shirt and jeans he's dressed exactly like the the fat guy like the dudes at tekken designing characters like love roadhouse Basically. sure they do That's what i'm getting at i was gonna i wanted to get a sense of like how nerdy i should be with like all of my references and i guess we'll have to play it by ear but i'll probably be throwing out like nerdy star trek references and <laughs> well those will go over my head but i i i'm up i'm down for all nerdiness i did want to mention too that um i don't know how much speaking of nerdiness how much mystery science theater you watch because they're like always referencing this movie. Really? <laughs> they have. Um, How so? Well, in one episode, this is in a 1991 episode. Uh, Crow called it his favorite movie. And he wrote and performed a Christmas Carol 
let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas based on Roadhouse. I got to send you that. that video. Yeah. yeah but they, they, just, they just always reference it in the same way we are. It's like they like it ironically. And I think I became, right. a, I think, and this is two years, this is 1991, two years after it's come out, people are already referencing it as a, like a cult camp classic on, t, on TV I just, shows. I guess I could understand the initial, like, I, it's hard for me to put my head around like that air. I mean, I'm, I was born in 86. I was so going to ask three. Yeah. I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. But like, there's, I just, I, I, I this, the, the, this Razzie thing's thrown me for a loop. I really didn't realize this was like completely, I understand. I, I get that it's not a good movie, but it is a good movie. Yeah. But I don't know. People in 1989, you're not like what the hell seeing else was it coming out. Well, I was going to say Kelly Lynch had like four films out that year. And one of them was Drugstore Cowboy, which is like my favorite film she was in. I haven't seen that. I don't know. That's Matt Dillon, right? Yeah. And like Back to the Future 2, I think. And was out that year. And I don't know. But like in. 1989 you don't have that extra element of like just the 80s-ness of it like all the hair and clothing is just very (laughs) at that time it's very contemporary we look at it now and it's just oh my god look at everyone's hair but (laughs) Uh, some of yeah some of patrick swayze's outfits are just like he has one he has this outfit where he's wearing jeans and like the top of like a martial arts gi He's like dressed down, then up, then back down. And then he's in the middle with like, in the sex scene, he takes off his blazer and he has like this oversized sweater vest on with a white t-shirt underneath that. That's right. Yeah, the he's costumes just, in this. Yeah. When, when Kelly Lynch shows up for their date, we meet her like in the hospital and she's dressed like a doctor and she looks kind of normal. But then when she shows up for the date, like, She's all like dressed up to go out and she's wearing like a picnic blanket. Like, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> and her hair is like out to here. We had like in my high school, my 1991 yearbook when I was a senior, every girl had hair like that. Like the, the hair that goes out on the sides and up on the front with all the hairspray. That was like the thing. It's the to do. Some, something about Mary, but like 360 <laughs> version. Yeah, out to the sides too. And you wonder how much hairspray was yeah. involved in this movie between the two of them. Oh, it looks hideous. Yeah, yeah. It looks horrible. But that's how everyone wore it. Then that's what I'm saying. Like in 89, you didn't have that element of like the bad hair. I mean, people wouldn't think of that as bad hair, it was just hair as ridiculous as it is patrick swayze looked dope yeah i had a mullet at one point too i'm ashamed to admit it but uh before we get into categories i just want to say after watching this movie i wanted a mgd a miller genuine draft so badly (laughs) they're just pounding them through this whole movie yeah i wonder if they sponsored oh they had to because they're drinking high life there's miller sets miller time yeah, it's a lot of yeah, Miller. 
Um, <laughs> anything for mood and tone? I think we kind of covered it. That was one of our categories, but I think we kind of wove a lot of that in. Like, it definitely doesn't yeah, I, take I, itself too seriously, right? I mean, it, the whole thing's kind of well, tongue in cheek. The thing is, yeah, but like, I, this would kind of be an acting, but like Swayze. Um, raises this movie up a couple bars with like he takes it quite seriously you know like he takes his job super seriously he can he also has like a presence to him that like feels like he could fuck shit up like he is that character you know yeah um well in the interview he he brings up about like he just was excited to do like he loves action movies he wanted to do like a fun action movie which you can bucket list check that off because this movie's dope well, i heard he heard of his knee working on it and then as a result he had to turn down a role in predator 2 and i think that was well very, that's just destiny yeah but but he oh, ended really up, he ended up doing ghost instead so uh, gary Busey has that's one of my favorite the lions the tigers the bears oh my <laughs> <laughs> that's from predator 2 that's right and then the two of them would be in Point Break together, like just a year. We gotta ago. talk about Predator Two. Let's yeah. just skip over Predator One. Everybody's talked about it. It's the best movie ever made. And then we'll just go to Predator Two. Predator Two's no. Stop. Oh, this is a. I have a. There's actually a little uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon going on here with Predator One and Two, and Roadhouse. Okay. In the first fight, I believe it's the first fight in the uh, when. Swayze Dalton gets to the double deuce. There's like he's he must be a stunt man, you know. He he is in so he 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 gets thrown around in a couple of shots in Roadhouse, but he he tries to fly the helicopter away in the in the like encampment in Predator in the first big oh yeah gunfight when they're taking that one down. Yeah, and Arnold's like put C4 on like a truck and like lifted it up off this and then the truck's rolling down the C4 into the into the helicopter. He blows up in that. And then he's also in Predator 2. He's like a drug gangster guy at the beginning of the movie. And he's the last one alive. He's got two Uzis and he's got cocaine all over his face. And he's he's up on the roof and he's shooting at the Predator. But Danny Glover thinks he's shooting at him and he shoots him off the thing. Anyways, little connection there. It's the same guy. I, I also might be wrong. I'm almost positive, though. Okay. I have a thing for faces, Brad. Huh. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, script, story, and direction. Rowdy Harrington, we talked about. Um, I guess we should. He didn't really do too much. Yeah, I know. He was a grip. He directed a couple things and kind of dropped off. He didn't. He directed this. I think this was like his big moment this movie this one is basically the one that everybody would know there's a um what's it called at striking distance or something like that with a yeah striking distance bruce willis uh so the story uh i guess we'll go through kind of what happens in the film uh patrick sweezy plays dalton who's a bouncer he gets hired no, no, by he's a cooler 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 slash bouncer he's a cooler yeah 
Cooler's like a bouncer who specializes in de-escalation, I guess. I had to look it up. I didn't. Yeah, is that is that like a real thing? I don't know. I haven't heard it in any other context besides this movie. Yeah. Probably it's a thing. I don't know. Um, I did write down cooler. Yeah. In my notes. (laughs) Is that in the script? Like, does somebody does anybody reference him as that? Or is that just yeah? Like, at the very beginning, I heard you're the best cooler. No, okay. like I'm not the best one. Yeah, that's Wade when, Garrett's the best one. Yeah, that's when Tileman hires him. Mm-hmm. So that guy's guy, almost always a, an asshole in movies, and he's actually like a good guy in this movie. Yeah, Tileman played by Kevin Teig. I I knew him from Lost. I I'd recognized him. He was in Lost, but he um, almost always plays sort of like a scumbag, rich guy. Yeah, he was a scumbag and lost. So Tileman owns a bar uh, and hires Dalton to come clean it up. The bar is like just a shithole. He gets there, um, goes to work cleaning it up, which invokes the ire of a local crime lord played by Ben Gazzara, uh, Brad Wesley. I was trying to get a sense of the. <laughs> I was trying to get a sense of the town, like. The oh, town. That, that's I. That's the thing I wrote down. The location. Yeah. You basically only see this bar and and the um, the bar and that. Um, and the red red place, right? Uh, hardware store. They're and like you, across the, like the gravel parking lot from each other. Yeah, it looks and, like they just put up these two buildings just to shoot the movie. Right, because they blow the one up. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, so you basically see that, and then you see the farm, which is also then across the manly, man-made river yeah, pond I thing. I didn't get that, that. The bad guy lives right there. So the, there the is crime no sense of location. Yeah, his e- The crime lord, his evil lair is directly across the river from the farm i guess it's a farm where mm-hmm. dalton rents a loft and it's clearly just a hay loft it's i think you see hay stacked in it the first time he goes in but like bailing hay or whatever i was trying to figure out first of all they say it's outside of kansas city but it's clearly shot in california because there's like <laughs> mountains in the background did you notice that one in one shot um there's like you see in the background a highway sign for Los Angeles. Like, <laughs> like get on this on-ramp That's to go awesome. to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. I, think well, I was just before we started recording this, I was kind of just had it on with my wife. And she was like, where was the shot? California? Like right away. Yeah. Because you can see the mountains. But the town just like. Makes so sense. We, all right. So we learned that. Um, ben Gazzara's character Brad Wesley is running a typical like protection racket on the the local business people. They they all pay him like ten percent a week or something. He he like shakes them all down and, every week. Right. And Red brings up though something about how it's like it's all legal because he has him sign up. It's some it's through some kind of like you know local. I don't know. He has it. So it's, it's tricky for them to, it's actually kind of smart writing. They, it's little tiny one-liner in there yeah. for Brad kind of explaining. That's true. We don't see any, 
other businesses or locations? He references a 7-Eleven and a JCPenney at one point. So we know the town has like five or six. Well, the JCPenney is coming in. Yeah. <laughs> the JCPenney's not yeah. there yet. They're going to get a JCPenney. No, not yet. I guess what I'm getting at you is. You ask this, anybody. Is this town big enough to warrant having its own crime lord? I mean, it seems the, like an unlikely place for a crime lord to set up. Well, I think that just add, that does add to the ridiculousness of the plot itself, that there's these coolers that come. I almost feel like this movie would have worked if it made it 20, year, 20 years earlier with, and you put like Paul Newman in there and then you took out the whole ending, 20 minutes ending where they just turn it up to like 11 and there's you mean where he attacks Patrick Swayze compound? storms the yeah the giant mansion <laughs> yeah yeah I could see that but yeah the sense of location is really weird like where things are and like yeah, it's what real bad you know, what the, it's just it, it's it feels like a fake town like that they put up just to shoot the movie like uh what's the town in Tremors like uh what is it perfection Nevada or something oh yeah like, He's clear, clearly that like feels just, better than this movie. Yeah. So he, you know, he ends up blowing up most of the I would say though, that business There's <laughs> like two, two impossibly large explosions um, in this movie. There, there are some, I like the, um, I like that before he, he gets there, he goes and sees the place. The credits are still rolling. The credits are still coming up on screen. That's right. The intro credits. He's like, he's walking through the bar. He's eyeing up everybody. He sees everything that was wrong. He leaves. He gets the, he gets his apartment or his barn shack. He gets the new car because, and he gets the tires knowing that they're going to like probably, you know, he gets a car, his car just up, to, so he doesn't want his Mercedes to Benz to get fucked up. Yeah, exactly. He buys a smashable car. Yeah. Oh, great casting on that. Uh, on the car salesman. Oh yeah, the used car salesman guy. Yeah, he that, looks that was, exact. It looks like if you were to design him in a cartoon. That was the other business I forgot about. There's a car dealership as well, which they smash with a monster truck. the The villains have a monster truck. And they use it to smash. Oh, that the car is so eighties. Yes, and Appar- they actually drive it around like it's their like around town car. Yeah, apparently that scene cost like a half million dollars to shoot. Where he's <laughs> where they destroy the car dealership. So Kevin Tige's character. That was the other thing I wasn't clear about either. Was like the double deuce at the beginning. It's a shithole. You know, he goes in there and like. You know, the band's playing behind chicken wire, people throwing shit, you know, they're selling drugs. The one guy's like taking money out of the till. Well, it's the, I think the idea is that he, he recently bought that and like, he's making moves. Like he has the plans, the blueprints. Yeah. I mean, he presents the blueprints for the new, like what he's planning to do to it. But it's just, we never see that happen. It's just like, Oh, the chicken wire's gone. I think I wrote that down too. Like, where did the chicken wire go? Like, because 
one time you go like probably a third of the way through the movie it cuts back to the band and they're not behind chicken wire anymore and now there are like neon lights behind him like um, turquoise colored neon lights and it says double deuce in big pink neon letters Um, a lot of pink in this movie that yeah i noticed a lot of red too like um like a lot of red cars the um, the employees of the Double Deuce wear red shirts toward the end. Um, Keith David is in this movie. Yeah, barely. He he's like. Did you realize? Yeah, I yeah. See him. He doesn't. I don't know if he even has a line. He's one of my favorite actors. I know. He's been in like two of my favorite John Carpenter films. But yeah, he's barely in it. He he had a credit in the opening, like you see his name in the opening credits, and I'm like, oh, Keith David's in this. But then he's like just barely in it. He's like got two lines. You actually life. see him fighting. I only caught it this one, this last time, you know, watching it, but he's, he's in the background after uh, they blow up red's hardware shop. Oh, okay. I didn't and the, and like uh, Brad's in there like, Oh, get the fireman in here. I want to buy him a drink. Hey Elvis play some music, you know? And then they, uh, that that's the strip tease happens. <laughs> Which is just insane. Oh yeah, that's, that girl yeah. is all over the place. Yeah, that Ben Gazzara's character. Um, they established that he's evil because he drives recklessly. You remember that scene where? Well, he, he's just. I, he, that he, is one of. I love that scene. <laughs> I that that adds. Well, I think this movie is paced beautifully. Nothing lingers really and there's really good like like uh transitions from like where the musicals start playing you know before the scene ends to lead into the next scene the editing is good and like him just listening to that song he doesn't give a shit no he doesn't he's on the phone with Swayze at one point and he puts the phone down to flip a coin, but doesn't tell him that he's putting the phone down. He's like, Hey, let me flip a coin. And then he just puts the yeah. phone down and Swayze's like, Hey, are you still there? What the hell's going on? And he's just taking his time flipping the coin. He shows he, up in a helicopter like, too. Like the first time we see him, <laughs> what is the car? He's he got? also is driving a three wheeler. Oh, that's right. Which yeah. you definitely don't see anymore. They're like super dangerous. Those got out. Just like yeah, stop making them all together. Because yeah, that's an eighties thing. <laughs> oh, the other thing about the town too. Yeah, I kept on writing is, down so eighties. What I wanted to point out too about like who are who are the town people? Like at the end of the movie, you know, Swayze storms the compound, and there's the climactic battle. Like he dispatches all the henchmen, and finally, it's, it's down to him and Ben Gazzara. And he's kind of losing the fight. And then all the townspeople show up to like turn the tide of the fight. But it's just like those four guys. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's Tileman, Red, the car dealer guy, and then the dude who he rents the loft from. Car sales. Yeah. <laughs> I think where this movie shines is the bar scenes, which makes what makes sense being that it's about bars. Everything is set up like story wise. And then there's there seems to be a payoff to everything. There's no there's no like loose ends at the end of the movie. Sound and music. Uh, yeah, we gotta talk about uh, Jeff Healy here. His music is another thing that really elevates this too. It fits, you know. It's like a 
it's supposed to be this country bar. It's this music sleazy kinda, rock and roll. Yeah, it's like bluesy. Um, and his music, I don't know, he's got like probably seven or eight songs that he plays throughout it. Most of them are covers, but I th- I mean it wor- it works for the movie. Yeah, it feels like Jeff Healy's the score for this. The, but it's it's a little bit it, it's a little bit jarring to hear an actual score. I, I remember the, the one moment where I really noticed it was after he finds out Sam Elliott's been killed. There's like this really dramatic music playing and it kind of was jarring. And most I, of the- I, I completely agree. I noticed it too. Like at the end fight, well, the, the, the big fight scene between Swayze and the like head honcho guy who I, he, he's actually like a martial artist, kickboxer guy. He helped train Swayze for this. You mean like the henchman that he kills in the river? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like an actual kickboxer guy. And uh, he gets Jimmy. his throat ripped out. His name is Jimmy. Jimmy. But that mute, the score there, I had just watched Die Hard because it's it's Christmas season. So I'm yeah. going to watch Die Hard. Force, force my wife to watch it. She just looked at her phone the entire time. Um <laughs> from just watching Die Hard, the score in Die Hard and the score during moments of that particular fight scene with Jimmy are like so close. Is Die Hard 89 too? Or is it? I want to say 88. Yeah, so it was a year before. So yeah, it didn't, it felt a little bit um, a little bit out of place. You know, I almost wish it was just Jeff Healy music throughout well, I just appreciate diagenic music, you know, usually throughout movies. But like you said, the way that it's cut into, like when we, uh, you know, when we're cutting out of a scene, like we hear the music start and then, you know, we see the scene go on for a few more seconds and then we cut into the bar again. It's like, that's kind of the, I don't know, the Jeff Healy music is almost like the emotional heart of it. It, it kind of carries the edit, you know, it carries a lot of like, transitioning between scenes and uh it definitely has the right feel and he was kind of famous he had a music video and a song that was like a big hit in the 1988 called see the light checking that out right after this yeah he he was pretty popular for a minute there jeff healy unfortunately died of cancer in 2008 i didn't know that r.i.p rest in peace jeff healy to uh the effects category here there is animation. There is? Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you, Can you think of the one animated part of this movie? It's so quick. If you blinked, you wouldn't even see it. Uh, was it a horse? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's the um, Swayze sees some guys come to the bar halfway through. And... Oh, the glimmer the guy, on the he knife. Goes, he he exactly that was okay he goes, like look left a boot you know yeah. and there's like this still locked off shot of the boot with the awesome sheen goes by you know? yeah it's like an i love anime. that stuff that's it's like super 80s yeah i was gonna shout out to the stunts i mean the the main thing there was something like 50 stunt performers credited in this movie and i think most of them are yeah when extras in the fights like the big the big wide shots where you see like the whole bars fighting. Those yeah. Are, like, stunt guys. Yeah. When you, when you're watching the end credits, you see, it says gets the stunt 
yeah, it says stuntman or whatever. And it's just like, it's like animators in a Pixar film. <laughs> yeah. the, the amount of names you see. It's, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, like when you think about some of this, some of those like simpler stuff you see like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. But they, they just did it like 10 times in a row. Like yeah, that's a, falling over a couch or something. Yeah. That's the thing about some of these stunts. This is not an easy movie to shoot. No. You have to like clean up all the broken glass, pick up all the shit. Like, yeah. Like let's get a new this up, guys. Let's get a new sugar glass bottle for this scene. We really haven't talked about Sam Elliott too much. Cause I, I did write down Sam Elliott is a God. <laughs> he looks so good in this movie. He does. He look, he's pretty hot in this. Yeah. Uh, he looks so that. cool. Yeah. Sam Elliott and Ben Gazzara all team up in uh, Big, Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yeah, that's right. They're both in that together. And Ben Gazzara basically plays the same character. It's like the perfect time for him too, because he's like still he's not he's still kind of young. He's he's not totally gray yet, but he's got some gray, and he's just super hot. Yeah, like salt and pepper. Just, he's super sexy in it. He, he looks. He, so sexy he carries himself <laughs> with such confidence too he's like perfect cowboy character even though he's got i like his yeah his, his limp he pulls that limp off really well that's true i did write down roadhouse 2 uh which actually i i found out is a movie really yes it's called roadhouse 2 last call of course of course you know i never heard um, of that yeah me neither well i, I read that um in 2015 they came out and said they were doing a remake with Ronda Rousey, but I don't, oh. I don't know if it, I don't know if it went anywhere. I can't imagine that being good. Yeah. Swayze's dead. Leave it be. I don't know. Can Ronda Rousey act? Has she been in anything? That's, that's what I would be. I'm sh- maybe she's been in stuff as like a, some opponent that doesn't really talk ever or something like that. Yeah. I can see her being like a boss fight character in a Kung Fu movie. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Game of Death. So what do you, what, so how should we end this? Uh, how do we, what, I don't know. I'm going to Coming out of Roadhouse, like, uh, what do we learn? Um, <laughs> what's the takeaway here? Rest in peace, Patrick Swayze and Jeff Healy. I'll be drinking an MGD. Let's pour out an MGD for... We'll be drinking a couple MGDs. Yeah. yeah.